This is the Drew Spearience Show, the show that is 80% combat sports and 20% everything else. Boy, oh boy. Wow. I am really honored tonight because tonight's guests approached me, actually, which I'm very humbled by. That doesn't happen often. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce them. Uh, one is uh, just is a, is a martial arts uh, gym owner. His name's Justin. The other one is um, Chris Shawbell who uh, is also in the association of the AAMQ, right? That's right. AAMQ. Uh, Chris Shawbell, Taekwondo, ma- Taekwondo master himself, also a gym owner. But you know what, guys? I'd rather you guys introduce yourselves. What do you guys do? What's, uh, what, what disciplines do you teach? So Justin, go ahead. first. Oh, oh you want me to go first? Okay, okay. Uh, my name is Justin. As you, great introduction, by the way. You're, you're, you're fire, man. You're great. You, you're you're going to be a big star in this business. You're, I believe in you, man. So my name is Justin. I'm, uh, I'm a father of two. I'm, a, I'm an average guy. I like to work really hard. I have a gym in Verdun called Angry Monkey MMA. And uh, we do quite okay. You know, we were doing actually very well up until the pandemic, you know, our gym was on fire. We, we were, we have, we have multiple champions and, and blah, 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 what so forth. And, uh, so yeah, we have a, we have a good gym in, in Verdun and, uh, we've also in the process of, uh, this whole lockdown, we created an association to reopen the gyms and to unite all the martial artists, uh, and, and martial art disciplines that are unrepresented and many, many, many other, uh, interesting things that we're going to talk to you about. Yeah. All right, Chris, how about you? Uh, yeah, so my name's Chris Shawbell. Thanks for the introduction. I'm uh, 51 years old. I've been doing martial arts for 40 years. Uh, started with Taekwondo way back in the day. Uh, inspiration was, uh, you know, seeing uh, you know, Chuck Norris, you know, back in the day. And uh, everyone got excited about uh, Chuck Norris and wanted to do uh, Taekwondo and so forth. Uh, I trained under... Um, Tornado Tomba Williams is a welterweight world champion in the PKA, um, and he uh, he trained uh, in Dallas and in Oklahoma. I mean, so where Jumri brought it on over to the United States from Korea, and so it's uh, it's kind of was original heart of Taekwondo in the U.S. Strangely enough, um, was in that those areas. Um, I moved on uh, into uh, more of a Dutch style K1 kickboxing, and then uh, then on to, into Muay Thai. Uh, started studying jujitsu in my mid thirties, and so uh, I've competed in uh, all the above: uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, jujitsu, MMA, and um, amateur, the uh, junior amateurs as a kid in full contact back when they allowed it uh, for the younger kids to do it. And uh, now I coach Muay Thai, uh, MMA, and jujitsu. Nice. My inspiration was uh, Dolph Lundgren from Rocky Four because he does Kyokushin. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme watching Double Impact and uh, Kickboxer. I like Bloodsport, but Kickboxer has a special place in my heart. And uh, yeah. And then Michael Jai White, <laughs> of course, because Michael Jai White's a fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Lundgren's an engineer. Eh? He's a highly intelligent yeah. man. Eh? He's a Dude. brilliant man. I bought that guy's book, okay? So if that doesn't yeah. tell you how much of a fan I am, and I gave it to my coach, Mo, <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, whenever Muscle and Fitness came out, I buy the issues when he's on the cover, I'm like, I'm like give me that. And He uh, still looks like an animal, eh? No, even even in his, like, 60s now? He's in the 60s? 64. He's going to be 64. Yeah, he's he born, like, like, 12 days before me. Wonderful. Yeah, he's, he's still an animal, this guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, that's awesome. What an accolade. Yeah. So uh, you guys are, have done, are doing so much good stuff. You know, I love martial arts. You know, I want, I'm super happy. I can give you guys a platform. So Justin, you first. Um, yeah. What was your martial arts background before Angry Monkey? I, I got started a little bit late. I, I, I got started at 18 years old. I trained, I went to college in the Eastern Townships at, uh, at Champlain College near, uh, I was on the Bishop campus. And it was something I always wanted to do as a child. But growing up where I grew up, there wasn't really any martial arts. It was, it was kind of a, you know, there wasn't much going on. We had outdoor hockey. That, that's what we did as kids. We played until our ears were blistered and, and we couldn't feel our face and stuff like that. So finally, when I got out of there, uh, I found an American style kickboxing uh, sort of program that was in my, you know, on my college campus. And the guy's name was Mike Perry. He was, he's still around there, actually. Mike and Perry, started, the UFC fighter? No, no, no. It was, uh, he was a black belt back then. Man, this guy was a phenomenal talent and a great coach, too. And uh, so I started off with him and doing like American style kickboxing above the waist kicks and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I fell in love with it. And uh, college didn't work out because I, I, I really like to party and, and, and do things like that. So soon I found myself on a road uh, on this, you know, never ending road trip where I was working with a construction company and, and just bouncing around town to town. And I tried to squeeze in as much martial arts uh, classes and things I can do randomly. We were mostly in Ontario around St. Catharines and Burlington and, and all those places. And, uh, and I remember we ended up, uh, so, so, so yeah, that was my introduction to martial arts later dabbling into it at, at 18 years old. And I kept it up as much as I could trying different things on the road uh, and things and finally settled into it in Montreal when I came here in my, in my earlier twenties and, and really got serious into it. I remember doing my, my first ever jujitsu class, uh, in, in, in Barrie, Ontario, like after work it was this time of year, it was, it was freezing. My, I couldn't feel my fingers it was crazy. And I remember like, you know what? I kept driving by the Georgian Academy of martial arts and it still, it still exists today. And uh, I'm like, you know, this is jujitsu. I got to try this. I've heard so much about jujitsu. I got, I got to get in there. I got to try this. So finally, one day after work, cold day, much like this, I, uh, I went home and I smashed down a frozen pizza, and I think a 500 milliliter of Coke. And I ran off because I was young and and dumb. And <laughs> I figured that was a good pre-jujitsu uh, snack after cold day's work. And uh, I ended up in, in the Georgian Academy of Martial Arts to do my first jujitsu class. Man, it almost killed me. I remember getting off the mats as the class ended and puking, you know, and probably had a lot to do with the pizza and, and the Coca-Cola. But, uh, you know, a lot of my experiences early on uh, was, was on the road, trying to get classes in wherever I could as I was doing construction. But like I said, settled here in, in, in my early to mid twenties and got very, very serious. Uh, did a handful of amateur fights, nothing, nothing to brag about and a handful of uh, grappling tournaments. And, uh, you know, it was a good experience, but uh, I, I kind of knew that I wanted to coach and help other people. And, uh, you know, competing at least to a minimum level was, was a part of that, you know. So that's, that's pretty much my, my background in, in martial arts. Yeah. And Chris, you're like a, oh my God, you just told yours in the intro, like uh, you've been around, you know, Dallas is a hotspot for martial arts now because it's like kind of the oh, yeah. free zone. You guys ever watch Red Dawn, the old one with Patrick Swayze? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many times. Remember the scene where they're about to leave the border and it's like, you know, America, there's two Americas now. There's like occupied America and then there's free America. And of course, Texas and Florida are like the free zones. And then California, surprisingly, before it went under because uh, 
I'm not going to get political, but you know, but it's crazy. <laughs> and uh, Dallas is like a, a hotspot, man. Like, you know, you got uh, yeah, Carlos Machado there. You got, uh, there's a few Kyokushin schools there too, but uh, Dallas is more MMA. Yeah. No, you know what? Dallas is more striking. So, yeah, there, uh, there's a, uh, there's a Fairtex gym down there. Yeah. Very popular Fairtex gym down there for Muay Thai as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think uh, it's interestingly enough, um, one of the biggest impacts MMA has had on uh, MMA itself, specifically has had on martial arts, is uh, the increase of um, you know, visibility of Muay Thai. Because you, know, you get all the announcers talking about their, the Muay Thai, even though MMA Muay Thai is nothing like uh, traditional or even classical golden era Muay Thai, nothing like it at all. But it exposed people to literally the words Muay Thai. And then so people would, oh, Muay Thai. You know, who knows? Tons of people went on to Google, found it real Muay Thai. But since MMA came on, there's been this incredible growth in Muay Thai. And, of course, that growth also has corresponded with all other martial arts because people now, like I talked about when, uh, when the Chuck Norris era was there, and that's, um, you know, now I got people back in the 80s all in the 70s all into martial arts. And, of course, Bruce Lee, of course, as well. But then there was this lag uh, of interest, you know, we have short memories here and, uh, and short attention spans in North America. And then when uh, UFC came on at Exposed Pride, which was actually was a better show initially, but uh, then that spiked people's interest in martial arts again. But as far as the spike in growth that happened throughout um, Muay Thai, actually, you know, ratio-wise, had the biggest spike in growth, and it's because of the exposure, actually, of MMA, which I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, I think it did the same for jiu-jitsu, too, in North America, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it's been good for everybody, yeah. Yeah, the massive spike, of course. I mean, you got the, the Gracie's, you know, Hoist doing his thing. I mean, that's, that's all it took was him yeah. crushing in those yeah. first uh, UFCs to everyone want to do jiu-jitsu all of a sudden. Well, I believe I believe it was you who told me, Chris, that um, that after the UFC came to town in in, in the early '90s, that uh, pretty much the Brazilians stormed California. And outside of Brazil, California has the highest ratio, the highest volume of, of jiu-jitsu schools. I think I think you were telling me absolutely. That. And uh, well, strange enough, you know, I mean, I've I've fought Pan Am's national championships. Uh, both uh, I've been injured at every single world's tournament. I've been injured, so I haven't been able to compete, but I fought Pan Am, the Nationals, uh, and those are, of course, IBJJF uh, hosted, um, and those are all take place in Los Angeles. All the all the largest tournaments um, for uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu take place in Los Angeles, so that's really is the new mecca yep. for, uh, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, yeah, absolutely. A lot of top gyms down there, you know, like uh, King's, King's MMA is down there, Rafael Cadero, yeah. Boss Rutten's down there, you know, I was talking to you about Boss Rutten earlier uh, this last Legend. week. Uh, yeah, I was, you know, like uh, some of my martial arts experiences post-competition, traveling around the world, trying to learn what I can from the co from other coaches. And I've always been uh, I've always been a little bit of a world traveler and I ended up in a lot of places. California was one of them in Westlake and uh, went well out of my way to go meet Boss Rutten and, and, and spend a little bit of time with him train and uh, end up becoming friends with a guy. And, I, I, you know, Boss Rutten is kind of guy that. Uh, you would have to be a pretty rotten person not to be his friend because uh, this guy, this guy's pretty amazing, you know, and, uh, you know, I met him for that short period of time and still to this day, if I email him, like he, he'll answer me the same day and, and he never says no to anything. I, I remember um, taking a long shot and, you know, a few years ago when I organized this charity K1 um, 
kickboxing event and, and Chris was a part of that as well. And, 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 uh, you know, for those of you guys who don't know at our gym, we try to do a lot for the community. And, uh, you know, we were planning a big, uh, K one grand prix just before, uh, the COVID hit and we were going to do a big smash hit with that. And, uh, all the money gets sort of distributed around our area. We give it to women's shelters and after school programs and missions, and we just give all that money away. And, uh, when I started doing that, <clears throat> I had reached out to boss. I'm like, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, geez, should I ask this guy for something? I'm like, you know what, boss, I'm doing a charity event. If it's not too big a deal, maybe you can record yourself and say, Hey, get down and, you know, support this event. And, and all the money goes back to the community. This guy came up with a big video. He did a whole thing and he did every charity event after. And, and it's, it's just, he's just an amazing guy and uh, big heart and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. So as much as I love him as a fighter, I love him even more as a person, as I got to know him a bit. And just recently, even for the AAMQ, I, I, at this point, I realized that this guy is out, he's going to help us. So, so I reached out and he did another big video about, you know, all these guys in Quebec, they're trying to pull together and, and get their gyms reopened and reunite the community and, and, you know, go out and support them. And you can find that video on the website. So, uh, so yeah, I traveled the world a little bit, learned from the best and, uh, made some friends that I'm very proud of, you know, I can actually call boss root and a friend. Uh, you know, we've had some beautiful, beautiful interactions and, uh, that was a part of what I did. And, uh, yeah, he even represented the AMQ. That's awesome, man. And, uh, uh, that K one event you guys were talking about, that was like, I was at the infusion one in February. I got a ticket from my friend, shout out to my friend, Franco Palmitano, who has a window company. So if you need windows, done. <laughs> yeah, Franco, I appreciate it. Um, free ad read there. Um, yeah, I went to infusion, man. And like, I remember there was like Wally, man, like your champion, uh, Wally. Wally, you went to that event. I did. Yeah, it was, that was a great event, man. That was a great event. There was a, there was a lot of history leading up to that main event, you know. Uh, um, so Wally is 10, 1, and 2 no contest. Both of those no contest are from the same opponent. Okay? So there was a big – and this is, like, unheard of. It's, like, it's unheard of to have a no contest in amateur, let alone two no contest in amateur with, against the same guy. So some really, some really awkward situations. Now, his opponent, wonderful guy, is a coach, wonderful guy. And we we're all friends after all of this. And it was a trilogy that, that lasted, uh, you know, a couple of years over a few different provinces and, and whatever and whatnot. In the end, we, we, we all have love and respect for each other. And the way it played out was quite interesting. It was a, quite a buildup. So we had went to New Brunswick and uh there were some illegal blows and the fight didn't get finished and it was considered no contest uh then 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 the rematch sort of happened as a as a heavyweight k1 bout at fight quest and there was some things that sort of broke out in the crowd that was absolutely uncontrollable it could have oh, happened, happened at a hockey game it could have happened at a soccer game it could have happened in a you know anywhere and that was sort of a, a thing that that that, that uh, was just horrible luck and he was well on his way to winning that fight and then finally, the trilogy came <laughs> up. And, and then, so yeah, we lived, we lived like, uh, we lived the trilogy, you know, we lived all three parts. And then finally, Philip comes up and he says from, from Silvertooth Promotions, which is the uh, infusion uh, promotion. And he says, you know, let's, let this, let's get these guys set up in Montreal on my show. So I'm not going to lie. I mean, we took it very seriously. We had some, 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 we had, we had something to prove. And when Wally got in that ring, then, you know, Chris will tell you, Chris was part of that process. And, when Wally got to that ring, he could have fought all three members at once. Not, not to disrespect them, but I mean, he was well prepared to, to, to fight and just hammer whatever came out in front of him because we had, we had some unfinished business. Um, 
we 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 had a very one and I want to say one side, but it was a very powerful performance for three rounds where. Hats off to his opponent from the, no, the, the two previous no contests because he took a beating like I've never seen anybody take a beating in, in, in amateur. He was a tough dude. And uh, he ended up taking out the guy in the finals with a leg sweep, destroyed his leg. He was an absolute wrecking machine. And, you know, going back to COVID and, and everything, and, you know, you, you mentioned in your introduction, you wanted to know how we were doing in 2020 and what it was meant, you know, what it was meant to be to us. Well, we were one of the hottest gyms. We were one of the hottest gyms in the province. We went from a small gym on the Lachine Canal that I operated and started on my own, my wife, and, and, and we brought it up. You know, it started off as, well, going to sort of go in a different direction, but I'll bring it back. So this whole thing, uh, Angry Monkey, kind of started as a private training studio, and that's all it was ever meant to be. Uh, and, and, and at some point, people started asking for kickboxing classes, just straight kickboxing, not Muay Thai or K1, just you want to do kickboxing. And I kept saying, no, no, that's not what I do. That's not what I get get into. You know, at the time, I had a lot of rich clients, a lot of nice, very nice people that I work with. And, and, and I didn't need anything else. And uh, finally, I gave in. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just give it a try. And I put it out there that I would do a kickboxing class. And on my first class, I had 29 people. So it was just, it got out of control immediately. And we started doing two classes a week. And then we were doing night classes and day classes. And then we started bringing in jujitsu. And everything blew up. Before I knew it, I had a mixed martial arts gym. So, uh, so, so that, so that blew up. Uh, so eventually it grew and grew and grew and grew and the fight team came in and ended up looking for a bigger location and ended up in Verdun and leading up to 2020, getting back on track to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, 2020 we were at our peak we were on fire wally had won the fight quest championship he had won the uh, road to infusion championship our boy jared who was pound for pound best amateur fighter in, in the province and we can prove that if anybody's interested uh at 130 pounds uh he had won a national k1 uh championship uh national k1 championship and 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 our other fighters are winning winning big fights and big muay thai shows in ontario at the war museum and all the biggest shows and we were just winning winning and putting our name out there we had liam harrison an eight-time world champion come over from england and do a seminar in our gym and and we were doing in-house exhibitions that were probably the best exhibitions that were put out in the last few years and, and, and we got a lot of new fighters from all different parts of the community started and we developed so many great relationships with these gyms and we were angry monkey was truly the hot spot of, of Montreal when, when, when COVID hit and, and, and that's exactly where it ended. You know, we were completely on fire. We, we had Jean-Charles Skarbowski who had actually been in our gym prior to that. And if you're not sure who Jean-Charles Skarbowski is, he's one of the, one of the Westerners uh, in Muay Thai uh, that's truly, truly respected and known around the world, along with Raymond Deckers and John Wayne Parr, who actually went to Thailand and, and really earned their respect and, and, and won fights and, and really did all that things. And, and so he was in our gym before and he was coming back for a seminar and we had actually uh, had contacts for Rob Kamen, who I'm sure you might be aware of uh, Mr. Drew, right? You know who Rob yeah, Kamen is? Of course, uh, yeah, you have to. If Dutch assassin. Guy. Yeah, you have to. Right. So we, we, we had been in contacts with like things were just on fire. Uh, and it was just a result of, uh, of all the hard work we've had done and uh, all the quality training that we have offered our students and fighters and also the chemistry of all the coaches and the jobs that they were doing with the people and inside the gym. And it was just, it was just a perfect thing. And uh, sadly enough, you know, we got hit with COVID and uh, 
we've been sort of shut down ever since we've been shut down for the last uh i believe seven out of 11 months you know so so that was a, an abrupt halt of uh, uh to our success and all the fun we were having but you know we can truly say we were really on fire and we were on top of that mountain when when, when march 16th of 2020 hit us you know so exactly yeah exactly yeah. we'll get back there because we're fighters we're resilient mm -hmm. and fight fighters resist and get back in the game and build themselves up and all this and that but uh you know to answer your question where where were we where were chris and i when all this hit us we were on top of the mountain man and and, and we hope to get the gyms open soon and get back there you know and uh, you know i can i it doesn't have to be perfect the way it was you know but because uh, it was pretty damn perfect but it has to be open we have to be with our people we have to be teaching our classes uh we have to be living that life you know because chris will tell you i'll tell you that uh that's that's what we live for right? you know although there's many beautiful things in our lives uh, this is one of the main things that we actually live for. You know, my heart beats for this, you know, and uh, it's it's really painful to, every day to to not be able to go to my gym and say hi to my people and, and, and do our classes and, you know, which gets them through a multitude of struggles that they face every day, you know, and, and that's their medication and that's their therapy. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back to that, man. Like my, my heart is a bit broken right now and uh, really, really looking forward to getting back to that. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and Chris, what about you? What was a uh, 2020 supposed to be like for you and the U down down south before all the crap hit the fan, for lack of a better term? Well, interestingly enough, um, you know, I, being a part of Angry Monkey and and all those events, those championships. I mean, just as Justin said, you know, we were on the top um, uh, of our of our per, our game as far as the gym is concerned, as far as our fighters are doing, and we're just moving up. On a personal note, uh, where I was at, um, you know, that March, I think it was the 23rd, Justin, I'm not sure, I was actually going to do an exhibition fight in one of our yeah. events again. Yeah, I haven't, I hadn't competed seriously since uh, my last fight, I was 47. Uh, so, you know, back in uh, the uh, June, June 28th, um, I had uh, two fights in one night. Um, June 28th, 2017, that was the last time I had fought, you know, an opponent I didn't know. I did an exhibition when uh, one of our um, one of our fighters' opponents dropped out. He and I put an exhibition on, just so his hard work could pay off and he could get in front of a crowd and get some of that experience in. But as far as actually having a real fight, it had been a while. So I was about to um, to go in. So I was training the fight actually when when COVID hit, which is yeah. pretty interesting. And then um, immediately after that, I, I uh, tore my meniscus. So twenty twenty, I've got COVID, and I've got. Um, this meniscus tear that I can't get operated because uh, it's not a priority. It's not disabling. Um, and so because of COVID, it's not a priority surgery. So on top of COVID on top of not earning and not being able to coach for seven out of 11 months, I also <laughs> have a torn meniscus. So it's been, it's been, it's been a, a year of challenges. You know, is it for fighters? That's what we're, that's what we're training for. It's interesting how they classify torn meniscus as, as not a priority, you know, because I've had that many, many, many years ago, and it's pretty disabling. Like you can't, you can't do much with your knee jacked up like that. So it's a, it's a very yeah, interesting time. Yeah, very, very interesting time that we live in. It's very interesting to see how the medical, uh, you know, the medical industry, how they, how they classify things. That's for sure. It's very true. It's very true. Guys, I hate doing saying this, but like I just found out Zoom is like, hey, you got to upgrade your plan. I didn't know about this. So <laughs> if we get shut down, is it okay yeah. if we? Do you guys have Skype? I don't have Skype. I have Google Meets. Uh, I don't. 
Is this a live thing right now, Andrew? Or are you gonna no, no, no. It? It's recorded. It's recorded. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, we can re, re, we can re, reconnect the Zoom. I think we get 40 minutes at a time. Yeah, so it'll be like part one and then part two. So. Yeah, just uh, put it together. Not a, not a problem. Yeah, I'm not good at video editing. But uh, it's impressive that you guys um, have really like – it was everything was going like – like it was going up, up, up. And then March 14th, the world's in a pandemic. I hate March 14th. And if anyone has yeah, a birthday man. on that day, I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> giving you any too. birthday gifts. Yeah, yeah man. I'm not giving you birthday gifts because that was a very infamous day that will probably be in us for until we die for this generation because the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization announces COVID as a pandemic. And at first everyone is <laughs> like, it's like, ha ha, it's like, what's a pandemic? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but man. everyone's at work and at 5 p.m. they come home, they see pandemic. Everyone's like going balls off the wall. I was working at a grocery store, so I became essential somehow. I don't know, but uh, the next day it was like the toilet paper craze began. Things were being shut down, and I'm like, "Did you witness some of this toilet paper craze? Did you witness yes. any of this? You no, did, yeah. Tell us about that, man. Yeah, you want to know what it's like? You ever want? Yes, guys, I do. You guys want to know what panic buying is like when you work yes, at a I grocery do. store? Yes, I do. Really want to know? Okay, I'll tell you. Yes, tell us, please. Oh, okay, okay, so. Um, it's like basically people are storing, trying to storm in from the, the exit, the front exit, and then from one side. It's kind of like trying to stop a horde of zombies in The Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead and from getting the toilet paper and all the non-perishables. Like we had to close the store to bring out like pallets of like toilet paper and like non-perishables. Like we had to close the store, tell people, hey, we've been ransacked already, but just come back in an hour and then people were shoving each other like i was off that day they called me in and i was like oh, i'm not going in i said i'm sick <laughs> that's it i'm done i'm done <laughs> strange times man what a strange year huh what a strange year you know the highlight of it if there's any you know of course there is if you have a positive attitude you know you try to find the silver lining in anything you know and, and one of the things that chris and i and, and, and three other guys took on was Okay, we're locked out of our own businesses that we've we worked so hard to build. Uh, we cannot see the people that we've grown to love and train every day. Uh, but you know what? Our whole industry has a whole slew of things that have to be fixed. Even pre-COVID, there was many, many things that had to be fixed. So there, our silver lining was getting together and addressing some of these things that we couldn't particularly address when we were running our classes and training our fighters and doing stuff. So we, we made certainly a good use of our time. I believe um, it was early June, maybe mid-June. I, I have the number June 3rd in my head. I created a Facebook page and I said, you know what, as an idea I sort of had in my head for, in my head for years and uh, of how to unify everybody and get everybody together, the promoters, the industry, the, 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 the found, uh, federations, sorry, federations and, and everybody like that and just get everybody working on one page and working together in a unified uh, movement and, and, and just having more events and more fighters and just all that kind of stuff. And, and it never materialized because when you're working at a gym, it's just nonstop. It's yeah. just 15 hour days, five, six, six days yeah. a week. Usually. I, I, I hate, I don't want to interrupt, but like, cause it's, it's going to end. So the first part of the recording, so give it about like a minute or two for it to load up. And then I'm going to resend you guys the link. And we'll continue okay. part two. Does that work for you guys? Yeah, yep. sounds good. No problem. All right. Once again, I'm really sorry about this. So. Uh, no worries. Thank you. Right. We'll see you in a minute. No okay, problem. Man. 
Okay, this is part two because part one, it turns out Zoom has a 40-minute limit, but don't worry, it doesn't stop us. We persevere as martial artists do, no matter what the circumstances are. So where we left off, how, yeah, the first wave was, was balls crazy because no one knew what a pandemic was, but um, Justin, you were alluding to how positive it was. Uh, Chris, what was it like for you uh, in terms for you when uh, the first wave happened? What was going on for you and your family? Um, well, my son's an adult, owns his own house. He's a full-time game streamer. Uh, he's, the only, he's an only child. So uh, in terms of family issues, it didn't create any. But uh, on, a, on, you know, on, a, on a professional issue, as a, as a full-time coach, um, it's, it's crushing. I actually was going to, uh, and Justin and I had all had this planned out the, the summer of 2020. I was going to go spend uh, some time in, in Thailand and train there for a while. And uh, uh, it's, it's always something I've wanted to do, not just work and everything else, not being able to do that. I saved up for it. Justin and I talked about the scheduling. We had it worked out. You know, love to go there. Uh, I know what gym I was going to train with, uh, at who I was going to train with, the uh, Golden Era, uh, Muay Thai Legends I was going to uh, take privates with. I had it all laid out, all budgeted, all planned. That money is gone. <laughs> yeah. you know, that money was spent surviving. And, uh, you know, 51 with, uh, you know, I don't know how the, the meniscus repair is going to go on my knee. Um, but, uh, you know, it may, uh, you know, it, the pandemic quite literally may have killed that, that dream to be able to go. And, you know, if I, if I can make it the next five years, I'm already 51, you know, I'm at the, I'm at the point of acceleration and aging. You know, I can still train. I still spar with our fighters. I still spar hard. I can still fight. But can I at 54, can I at 55, 56, you know, when I'm, I might be in a position to, uh, to, to go and, and do that? Because right now we're, you know, once they give us a green light to reopen our gyms, um, we're still not going to be in a rebuild period. We're just going to be open. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it's a band-aid. Yeah. Just, once, just the, once the pandemic is officially declared, you know, we've got herd immunity and it's declared under control, then we'll be in rebuild period. And, uh, you know, I, I'm part of, I'll be part of the rebuilding of that gym. I'll be part of rebuilding martial arts in Quebec in general, in terms of what the AAMQ is doing. I'm not going to be in a position to run off for two months and train in Thailand for a while. That rebuilding is going to take quite a long time. It's always harder to rebuild things. It takes them far, far longer than it does to destroy them. So rebuilding gyms and rebuilding martial arts back in the, in the, in the Montreal area and the province as a whole is going to take many years. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, that, that, that was uh, really devastating. You know, my, my students, a lot of my students, like so many people, uh, especially in, in just the era of the, the, the workplace today. And, and the, there's so many things as we have a very high stress environment in our, our Western world today. And, um, you know, the, the Muay Thai and, and Jiu Jitsu, uh, coming to, to train at the uh, martial arts academies is where they, uh, they they got their stress relief, where they got literally their therapy, which is a huge part of our proposal that we talked about to the government when we sent it in. Um, and so for me to help them help themselves, that was a big part of what uh, what I did and I, and I enjoyed and got a lot of satisfaction. But on a personal note, training people and my own training had the same effect. When we help others, we help ourselves. When we help others feel good about themselves, we feel good about ourselves. And then we do our own work for our own self, and also we feel well. So it's so 
it's just been incredibly stressful. That's what I mean. That's in a singular word. That's what 2020 was. Um, so stressful. Yeah. I mean, like for me, like I'm going to ask you guys, I mean, cause you guys really came up with the AAMQ great job, by the way. I mean, if you guys you. need a voice, I will back it. I will do whatever I can to back it as much. Cause I really think we need martial arts, you know, what we're going to get into. Let's start with the, this is a two part question. First of all, how would we grade the government's handling of this? I'll go first. I'll give a big fat F. That's, that's an interesting question. And you know, a part of what we do and, and what we plan to do is not to go ahead, you know, and, and fight with the government or, 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 or anything like that. You know, what we want to do is sit to a table, introduce ourselves as, you know, educated, well-mannered, polite people who really represent martial artists and, and our industry. And we want to work with these people. So uh, I know you may have an opinion on how, how things were handled, yeah. not necessarily what, something that we, we talk about or even discuss. You know, what we discuss is... How are we going to fix it? And we've come up with many strategies and uh, we're getting closer and closer every day to, to working with these people. And uh, we have gotten back little bits and pieces from, from different officials. And uh, we know that our uh, proposal has been seen and they, we know that they've been waiting some time for an association like us to come, come about so they can have somebody to work with for all these unrepresented uh, martial arts. So if you're not sure what we're talking about, when we say unrepresented, right, it means that uh, any of the non-Olympic uh, martial arts or combat sports, so the Olympic sports are boxing, judo, wrestling, taekwondo, and karate, and, and, uh, and, and those are the things. Outside of that, nobody else is really represented. Muay Thai, MMA, uh, whether it's crap capoeira, it's kung fu, uh, you name it, you know, like, uh, none of these people are, uh, none of these disciplines are represented, and yeah. we thought it was time and absolutely necessary to put together a legal entity, uh, political entity, which is the AAMQ, and, 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 you know, get the government's attention and say, listen, hey, we're, we're, we're athletes, we're high-level athletes as well. We have people with hopes and dreams. We have champions. We have world champions. And, uh, and we need some attention. We have some things to fix. And then that's what we're in the, in the middle of right now. And it's going well. Every day we're making more and more progress. We're making more and more contact with the government. And, you know, like I, I alluded to earlier that it was a good time to go ahead and start such a project. But, you know, it's all, that's also a two-way street, you know, because we're not teaching classes and training fighters and doing all these things. We do have time to, to work on these projects. And we've been working really hard. But at the same time, you know, a lot of these government officials are pretty much un unreachable. But they have they have given us little, you know, little um, little bits of information and a little bit of feedback here and there. And, and, you know, we feel things are really on track and it's definitely not a sprint. It's actually a marathon. And uh, we're pretty confident that given time, we're, we're able to fix a lot of these issues. That's awesome. Chris, uh, how do you feel like with your proposal? Because you want to talk because we were talking off the record, you know. You've, you've worked with those who have special needs in martial arts, whether it's aut like mild aut high functioning autism, uh, Asperger syndrome, ADHD. What is in the proposal that you want to tell us that why martial arts are essential for these uh, for people um, who might be like in that the word uh, in that group basically? Well, for that group specifically, it's it's proven through research that it's beneficial. In terms of, of the focus, uh, I'll speak from my personal experience and why the situation of having the gym clothes, for example, for, for this one specific individual is so difficult. Um, if I was to lose a leg, 
I would find a way to get to coaching this one kid because he, he knows that at 8 a.m. Sunday morning, he's coming to the gym to train. And if, if, you know, I can't take sick days for this kid because he's got a pretty high, he's pretty high on the spectrum. And so missing a schedule is devastating for him. It's literally tra traumatizing. And uh, so that's, that's one child, right? And there's adults that train that are on the spectrum. There's, you know, so we've got hundreds, perhaps thousands of, of individuals on the spectrum that uh, not being able to do their regular training and get that regular focus. So that's, that is the scheduling aspect that can really affect someone on the spectrum. Another thing is that the, um, you know, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more uh, in terms of everybody, whether they're on the spectrum or not, but the, the neuroplasticity of, of the brain. So the abilities, brain, abilities of brain to change, um, the brain's ability to change in, in terms of rewiring itself or the inverse, because there's negative effects of that as well that can happen from trauma and so forth. So the hard training and focus training on a specific task uh, and with the physical exercise, the PE, uh, if you're on the spectrum via ADHD, helps with the neuroplasticity. In other words, the brain's ability to change itself so you can um, alter the level of spectrum. I'm not talking fantastically, though that can be for some people, uh, but any degree is uh, positivity is a positive. So that's one of the things that's really great for, um, for individuals. Now, uh, talking about people with uh, uh, trauma, so Justin mentioned that we've, uh, and we've donated to women's shelters. We have some, some women who train that uh, have suffered some abuse and they have trauma as a result. Um, as, you know, that train like mad so hard, you know, four or five, six times a week. Uh, some that have become fighters, actually compete on, on an amateur level. Um, same process, the negative effects of neuroplasticity that happens from trauma, such as abuses, which speaking of, those can literally be reversed through the process of physical activity. And I'm not talking going on walks or doing a jog or a bike ride. We're talking really hard, intense training. Um, now, for average John and, and Jane Q citizen, um, we're talking about the same sort of issues, you know, the daily stress we deal with, um, elevated stress levels. Every, for every influence of negative stress, we also, we have to have a positive reaction to that. We have to have a positive uh, change. So the same effect. So as these people that day in and day out, they come to our gyms, you know, three, four, five, six times a week, and they train their butts off because they're, they've got their stress they're dealing with, they've got depression that they're dealing with, all the anxieties levels, all these different things. Um, they're not getting the opportunity to do that. So again, talking about neuroplasticity, um, this, is, this is compounding negative effects that's happening from the daily life that they're not being able to use their usual form of uh, therapy, literal therapy, which is in the hard training, to reverse those effects. Now, when it comes to uh, um, physical activity and hard training, martial arts or otherwise, martial arts specifically is mentioned in the studies that I researched. Um, in, in North America, um, it's actually considered not only legal, but a valid um, prescription for um, mental health 
to have hard training and specifically martial arts as mentioned in the study um, and, and as an option instead of the uh, verbal therapy you know sitting with a yeah. therapist and talking they'll actually write a prescription here here's a prescription go train go go do a martial arts you need you know you'd be in here twice a week talking to me for an hour you're gonna now go train twice a week and talk to an hour or and, and or for an hour twice a week and it's quite impressive um, now in terms of uh, COVID and the effects on on population in general I mean there's so many studies we've got uh, it's just it's it's incredible like the Canadians uh, um, Center for Addiction and Mental Health uh, did a 2020 study that was just January to June okay so we're just talking half a year okay um, and you've got a 50% rise of uh, mental health problems that's 50% increase in mental health uh, people that 81% uh, of workers are um, have uh, been diagnosed and are uh, and complained about uh, mental health issues whether it's increased stress or increased anxiety which is a fake from the work well, it's 81 percent and it's either from either have being forced to work at home um, and and the change of workload and how they, they handle the workload and also not being employed at all um, yeah it's 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 crazy um, you know you got deaths from covids um, you know is is is, is high Needless to say, but one thing that's not talked about is the increase of deaths that are unrelated to COVID yeah. that are simply as a result of the lockdowns. Yeah. Terrible. Is, yeah. It's it's so bad. Like, I mean, like it, it make it burns my blood, like what I see, because I always tell people, I say there's a virus out there, but the real virus is the blowback that's gonna happen. And yeah. you know, that's what I'm worried about. It's and, already you know, happening. Yeah, it really is. So, like you guys yeah. said it. And I think that's why this association is so important. Like you guys are doing such a good job making awareness. And that's why, like, I'm so proud to say I can back it. Um, Chris, you know, it's like your, your proposal is so beautiful. Like what you're saying, you know, it is. like you really, you, do you realize like who you're impacting? Like, do you know, like that kid that you train at 8 a.m.? Like, is he like, would you, it's like, you have like a special bond with them. Like how, how rewarding is it that you came up with this proposal and you're doing it for him or any other of your students? Same with you, Justin. You know, it's, um, it is rewarding. You know, what, uh, what the, really what I experienced when doing the research for the proposal was, um, it really, it's almost, um, it was depressing. You know, I, it was it was really it was intense to realize how much of a powerful negative effect this is having, and that we're going to spend a long time getting out of it. Uh, for example, there was like a 2011 study that was done um, regarding mental health in the workplace and the the overall cost of mental health in the workplace for Canada, and the uh, the total numbers in which that would um, would would result in in terms of uh, billions of uh, Canadian dollars in and within 30 years okay so this was 2011 so they predicted in uh, t uh, by 2040 that it would, it would just alone and lost GPU okay I mean it lost um, 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 gross national product GMP that we're talking about 198 billion just from mental health not the cost of treating mental health the lost revenue of businesses and and the workplace and so forth now one uh taking the fact that um that unemployment has, has risen drastically as a result taking the fact 
that number from the Canadian Center of Addiction and Mental Health, a 50% increase in mental health problems. So now we can just <laughs> take that number and multiply it by so many factors. And I believe we're in the six, over the 600 billion by the time we actually get to 2040. So and then you got to look at these kids. You know, all the kids are suffering. And in, uh, in, uh, in the SARS outbreak um, here in Canada, so let's talk about uh, the kids that were, were uh, in lockdown. I was, that, with, I was of that generation. Yeah, 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 with their parents, lockdown with their parents during the SARS lockdown. There was a four times increase in, um, in uh, PTSD among those killed children. Now, this is diagnosed research. This is not general, not, not, oh, PTSD, real trauma, the way their mind, their mental health functioned and was affected was in the PSD, PTSD spectrum. So it's four times the level. Those kids in 2040, and that number, to go back to that number from that one, one research, those are going to be the adults that are A, running businesses, running corporations, running aspects of regions and provinces and the country. Those are our future adults too that are being impacted by this to that effect four times more likely to suffer PTA, PTASD. That's, so it's pretty incredible. It's, it's not going to be pretty. No, it's not. No. And what do you guys hope to um, accomplish? Like what's, what's the AAMQ? Like there's dialogue. So, you know, look, I have my opinion. I'm going to be honest. We're all entitled to our opinion about how the government's done it. But at the same time, I see there's a lot of positives with the consultants in there and whatnot. So what is the hope? Like as the government starts to kind of see what you're doing and whatnot, what's the, what's the expectation for well, there's, opening? There's, there's quite a few. You know, we want to open immediately or yeah. whatever. You know, our definition of immediately is what makes sense. I mean, it doesn't mean that I want to open five minutes from now. When the time is right, we want to open under the right protocols and we want to stay open, okay? So all this yo-yo game of opening, closing, opening, closing is what's really going to kill our industry, okay? We, we, we survived. Yeah, it's the toughest part of opening, closing, opening and closing. That, that, that flick of the switch on and off is just absolutely destroying us. So we survived that one lockdown, and, and I don't think anybody thought too much of it. Okay, it's a little bit of time off, and uh, we'll get to catch up on some things and, and get back to the game in a, in a few months or a month or whatever. Then the second lockdown came, and people realized, well, this may happen quite often. And, and I'll tell you, as a gym owner myself, the lockdown that happened March 16th till June 22nd or something, don't, I'm not sure what the dates are, um, you know, I lost 30% of my clientele and, and, and that's a big hit. That's one third, actually, you know, like between 30 and 35% of my clientele. And what I mean by lost is actual loss. Like they did not come back, you know, for a multitude of reasons. They were depressed, they gained weight. Uh, they got into bad drinking habits, to bad substance habits. Uh, they just lost their confidence, uh, just walked away from the sport or whatever. So, you know, that was after three months of the first lockdown. And then, you know, we worked so hard, Chris and I and all the team at Angry Monkey to, to bring our bring our gym back to, you know, those, those levels of success that we were having, you know, prior to the lockdown down and just as we got going there boom we got shut down again on on october the 8th which literally made me crazy 
And we've been shut down since then, you know, October, November, December, January. Now we're going into February into our fifth straight month of, of lockdown. And, you know, whenever we do open up, you know, the results of the second lockdown is going to be far worse than, than the first one. So basically, you know, if you take a gym like mine and so many other gyms that are out there, all these guys, who, well, you know them all, they work so hard and, and you know, and, and to get their gyms off the ground, their dojos and their clubs, we will be starting from zero. We will be starting from zero as if we just opened up a gym a month ago and uh, we're, we're looking for clientele and we're trying to make a name for ourselves. And keep in mind, you know, a good 30 plus percent of the, of the other dojos and clubs in, 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 in our community have folded. They have actually threw in the towel, packed up, packed it up and, and, and just, just put it away. It's just, it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, one of the, one of the major problems we have in terms of financial is, yeah, some of us qualify for some financial aid. We get 65% of the rent. Some people don't qualify for that at all. Some people get served as a, as an individual, they get $500 a week. I don't get that. Some people get that. Uh, you know, even with the 65%, you got to pay one third of your rent. Now, where does that money come from after being yeah. closed for seven months? Where does that money come from? You know, we get 65 uh, percent of rent, but we still have uh, our electricity to pay. You know, we all utilities. kept our we all kept our utilities, our phone lines, our our internet, because nobody expected to be in a lockdown for seven months. So nobody thought that they were going to cut off their, their 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 amenities. You know, and the insurances. You can't turn off your insurance because if you do, you lose your occupancy permit. If you lose your permit, then you have no business. It's like pulling the plug in in, in, in your appliance. You know, everything just turns off. So you know, here we are forking out thousands of dollars, and keep in mind that businesses like ours okay we do it because we love it it's rewarding like Chris was talking about earlier we help people it's rewarding and that's what we that's what we're there to do and we sort of cope and, and, and accept the fact that we don't make a lot of money and 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 this doesn't you know this isn't particular to one gym this is there aren't many gyms that are making a lot of money you know uh, so at the end of the month uh, you know I often say what we do is, is a business of passion and not of profit because at the end of the month you know you pay your bills there isn't a lot left over and, uh, you know, to take, to take, you know, to, to fight through those struggles year after year and build up a business and then just lose it the way we're losing it right now. It's, it's a very hard thing to take. It looks like a lot of us will come out on, on, on the right end of it, but we're right back to where we were seven, eight, 10, 15 years ago when we started our, when we started our businesses, we're going to be starting. Yeah. Zero. So we're going to be needing, uh, you know, we're going to be needing a lot of cooperation from the government. We're going to need these guys to be paying our rent in full. And we were, we, we can't accept anything else after being shut down and, and ripped away from our businesses the way we have been. So there's a lot of things that the AAMQ has to address. Uh, those are one of the onslaught, you know, like our number one goal was always to unite the community and get them operating under, under one roof and, and friendly and shaking hands with each other. Uh, with this whole COVID mess, uh, the big number two was, was getting all this straightened out and helping the businesses survive. And then it goes on down the list, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. And, and, you know, every industry, every discipline, they have, they have issues that they want us to address and, and, and we got to get to many of those things. But, uh, you know, one thing that seems quite crucial and quite, quite devastating right now is trying to figure out how we're going to help all these businesses survive. And, uh, the ones that are out there at the other end, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a tough, six, 12, 18 months to, to rebound back to any sort of stability. That's for sure. You know, and, and the message that we send, 
to our members and to martial artists and, and, and fighters and whatever you want to call yourselves out there, anybody who partakes in martial arts is to, you know, once we do get these gyms open, don't sit in your house and be lazy. You got to, you got to snap away from that right away. You got to break off from that right away. And you know, your friends, your old training partners need you, your gym owner needs you, your coaches need you and, and, you know, pack your bags and get your asses in the gym as soon as possible. Don't, don't make, you know, we, we, we've seen and experienced a lot of cultural changes in the last couple, whatever, whatever this period has been 11 months or whatever, you know, uh, we've seen a way, uh, the cultural effects of how kids attend school and what's going on there, even to how we shop and how we order food and eat, everything's changed. You know, uh, we, we can't let it affect our martial arts community too much. Yeah. So I'm, I, I have to urge people to pack your damn bags, pack your gloves, your geese, your kimonos, your, your, your shin guards, all that, and, and get the hell back into your gyms real quick. If you want to do your part to help, save our industry and and help our gyms and dojos and clubs rebound so you know get, get down to your gyms real quick when that day comes i honestly think you guys are doing such a good job i mean one of the other things you guys want to give kudos to you hired two people as consultants which is uh, who are vincent michaud and sandro ferrante sandro is a great friend of mine he's been on my last show i had called beyond the fight don't focus on that fight. focus on the drew experience that's what's that's up but vincent um I want to say to get a guy like Vincent, who's a champion of Kyokushin Quebec, that's a big name because he rep- he is the champion of this generation. And the one thing that I'm going to say it, I'm a Kyokushin practitioner. It's, it's, if, you, if anyone gets offended by this, you can unfollow me. The unfollow button is right there. It's like, right, I'm not there. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, look, I'm going to be honest. In the Kyokushin community, a lot of masters or shihans, as they're called, their senseis, not a lot, but there's a few. They have an ego. And Vince is doing what he can to unite. And I know there's a list of dojos on in the AAMQ. So I want to give a big, big shout out to Vincent Michaud. So thank you, Vince. Thank you for representing Kyokushin Karate Quebec. Because to, the, to those who are kind of worried or they don't want to feel, listen, you want a voice? Do you want a goddamn voice if you're a Xi'an? Then take the offer that Vince gives you. Because this is the only chance you got to have a voice. Kyokushin doesn't have a voice, unlike Sportif Karate. This is not that. So as mentioned, I said it with Vince. I'll say it again. If you're a Xi'an and you're kind of unsure of sensei, pull your damn pants up, tie the belt, be the black belt you are, and take the offer when help is needed because you need to represent what the community is. That's a good message. That's a good message. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that opportunity, if you don't mind, to say that we do represent all the mixed martial arts uh, and, 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 and all these different disciplines that aren't represented by the Olympics, you know, and, and, and some of these, um, some people from time to time, they, they, they look at us and they call us a mixed martial arts association. And, and it's, I don't know how you can misinterpret that. And yet we do have a lot of people on our board that have competed in mixed martial arts, but he also grew up in Taekwondo like Chris, and he also grew up as in, in, in Kenpo karate and all these things and, and, and stuff like that. So we truly are martial artists. We don't just represent mixed martial arts. Uh, in fact, that's only a part, just like any other discipline. You know, we consider mixed martial arts the equal to Kung Fu, the equal to Capoeira. It's a single discipline and we represent everybody that is not represented. We, we picked up all the the orphans uh, disciplines and gave them a, a clubhouse to hang out in. And we're sort of like the big brother of the neighborhood that plans to help everybody. And now we, we have already helped uh, uh, quite a bit, actually, you know, the pressure that we put out there in the last few months, particularly in the last couple of weeks, 
the pressure that the AMQ has put on through the media and, and, and the effect that it that it sort of blanket the entire community, uh, we have sparked some movement already. So there's some things moving, and, and and we you know we 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 sparked a lot of movement, a lot of positive energy, and we can't wait to to fully be uh, recognized and sitting with the government and politely collaborating with them because we know we can fix everything in in, in time. And uh, you know what? The community that we're about to build with the vision that we have, it's a very beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, it may take a few years to get there completely entirely, but when we get there, it's, it's going to be Schranger Law. It's going to be it's going to be paradise. And uh, just can't wait to get there, you know, and we're getting closer and closer every day. So uh, big visions, a lot of different things. Awesome. Chris, what do you think about that? Like with what's happening, you know, we're seeing finally that uh, the ones that aren't on Olympic sports, you know, you, you, Justin, you've done a great job, but Chris, you know, what does it mean to you to see the Taekwondo schools, you know, coming together because of the background you have and, you know, you're using that to parlay to say, Hey, look, you guys have something to come for, look forward to. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's anyone who watches this, you know, I'd love to get the point across that even though I coach Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, MMA, you know, almost entirely now, uh, my background is Taekwondo, and I have twice as many tw- Taekwondo competitions, more than twice as many than I had everything else combined. So, uh, so that's, you know, that, that was my first love, and that's, that's where I came from. Um, you know, it's, when, when, I, when I try to project a vision into the future, you know, use my imagination to go, okay, you know, what, what could um, the, the, the province look like um, if, all these, all these individual singular schools and disciplines, all this disciplines came, all the Kyoshin came together, all the Taekwondo came together, you know, all the Capoeira came together and those individual groups of disciplines then came together under one umbrella. It's, it's hard to imagine. It's, it's really, I, I, I can, it's, I can reach for it, but I can't really grasp what it's going to be like. You know, I mean, imagine uh, how many how many ter- tournaments, Taekwondo tournaments, we can have, Kyokushin tournaments, maybe mixed tournaments where you know Kyokushin and Taekwondo under uh, general rules. Who knows what we could come up with if we're all working together and and, and sharing ideas? I mean, it's it's really hard to imagine. The one thing that I'm certain of is it's only going to be good for for the martial arts growth in Quebec. You know, one of the things that Justin's been working on really really hard. Is, uh, is developing a concept which we can share with all the disciplines of martial arts and bringing up the children and getting more kids, get them off of, uh, for the young kids, get them off the video games, for the adolescents and the teenagers, get them off social media, um, you know, spend all their time there and get them into the gyms and training. When I was a kid, you, you know, if there was a playground full of kids and you threw six sticks into the playground, you probably hit a kid who was doing Taekwondo. You know, it was super, super popular. Um, now it's very difficult to get the young kids to come in and train. You know, once they reach the age where the parents kind of let them do a little bit more what they want. And you know, most of our kids that train are, are in the younger age from 12 and under. Uh, above that age, uh, there's far less ratio. So that's going to be a really, really great thing is because we've got this issue with the, literally uh, a, a struggle in our in, in the future as a world, literally, from COVID uh, because of what's, well, how it's affecting the kids. And, yeah. and this is the way to help bring it up. Absolutely. And so it's, it's a perfect time for that. Now, I want to address one other thing that's uh, on subject but a little bit of a, a, um, a diversion. One of the things I want anyone who watches this to understand 
because you know we've gotten a lot uh, some feedback um, on our website and on our page, uh, phone calls as well, of uh, people saying, "Well, don't you think it's irresponsible open gyms during this pandemic?" Now, a um, there's no there's no evidence to show that there's a massive um, massive uh, of uh, uh, positive tests coming and uh, COVID coming out of martial arts gyms. First of all, uh, and I, I'm not talking about weightlifting gyms and so forth, just martial arts gyms. Second of all, I want everyone who watches to, to understand um, what the process is, specifically the protocols and the process is. Now, imagine you're a COVID virus, right? You're that coronavirus, okay? And this is the environment you're you're potentially subjected to. When someone walks in that door, first of all, there's a sign on our door saying, don't come in if you have symptoms. You walk in that door and you're zapped with a, a touchless thermometer. You disinfect your hands. The stairs are separated to up and down so people aren't touching and rubbing shoulders. There's no fist bumps, there's no handshakes, there's no hugs. You're wearing your mask. Um, you, you, you can't go down in the locker room at the stage we're in right now. So you come, you shred your clothes off, right? Boom, done. There's no changing of clothes. There's no fraternizing, that sort of thing. You get on the mat and you've got the square that's uh, four square meters, right? Two meters by two meters with a one meter in between the, that and the next square because the coach may need to walk, right? Everyone's, uh, everyone's maintained their distancing. Um, if you use a jump rope, right? That jump rope gets laid at your feet and before the next thing goes on, those jump ropes are ripe, wiped with a disinfectant rag. Right? <laughs> after, the, after the class is over, reverse process of everyone exiting, they disinfect their hands again. Then coaches and sometimes also the students often, there's a 15 minutes between the next class, every bag, every jump rope, every pad, every, every single thing that was touched is wiped down with spray, which is bleach and disinfectant, and the floor is mopped. Now that if all the places that COVID wants to be or doesn't want to be, a martial arts gym is on the top of the list because from top to bottom, this place is sprayed down every hour, and everyone's yep. maintained separation. I mean, it's it. There is no possible public. I mean, they're opening all sorts of different things right now, but there's no public place that's is dangerous for coronavirus as a martial arts gym that follows protocols. That's, that's simply that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Th that's something we touched on before. I remember we did yeah. some radio interviews uh, in, in the early lockdowns and restaurants were still open and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, as I was alluding to earlier, I've been, I've been, I trained around the world. I trained in Holland and, and Italy and all over the U.S. and in Mexico and, 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 and things like that. And uh, been all over the world in top gyms and small gyms. And I've never really come across a dirty and dirty gym. But I mean, I've also been across restaurants around the world. I've been in some pretty grimy restaurants and stuff. So, you know, you would think that the opening of restaurants would equal the opening of gyms, but uh, the lot, you know, that logic doesn't match. I would like to take it back to, to, to the kids. You guys, you guys were talking about the kids earlier. Uh, you know, we, we really want to focus on the kids in the future, you know, and, and something, you know, we, we want to produce as many martial artists, whether it's Capoeira, Krav Maga, Kyokushin, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, whatever it is, we're all the same. We're all these unrepresented uh, disciplines and, and we all need to grow and strengthen our communities and we're going to do it together. 
Uh, and kids is a big part of that. You know, we have to encourage all these different disciplines and dojos and clubs to, to start up a good, responsible, respectable kids program, you know, yeah. and I love kickboxing. I love Muay Thai and, and all of that. That's, that's what I live for. And one of the things I've been working on is a sort of a, um, a, a, a curriculum for kids and a ranking system to, to help them, you know, achieve their goals and, and little ranks, you know, whether it's a belt or an armband or whatever. And, and this is something that when I complete it and I'm able to run it in my own gym for X amount of time to really work it out, this is something that the AMQ wants to put on their, on their website and, and offer it offer to all the different gyms around Quebec. Some gyms won't need it. They already have that organized. A lot of gyms will be happy to get it and will say, listen, you can take this and you can change it and you can make it your style and you can make it the way you want. But the template was there to really develop the children and give them short-term goals, whether it's a belt or, or an armband or uh, whatever type of ranking certificates, whatever. Yeah. And this is something, you know, we want to implement in many, many, many disciplines. And we're going to start that with kickboxing. And we got a lot of time, you know, we got a lot of time to get through these projects over the years. But uh, those are sort of ideas that we have through the AMQ along with, you know, offering things to business Owners like uh, better business practicing courses, uh, coaching courses, safety courses. Uh, even you know, we even going to offer official courses where you can you know get the experience and training you need to be an amateur referee and judge. And so you know, we really, really, really touched every facet of the community. Yeah, we've got and, the uh, weight cutting uh, toolbox, the concussion toolbox. Oh yeah, for our competition, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we we we've started working out some things for competition when we when we do get back, you know. And I want to just touch in again and say that. We're we're not just about combat sports or about all martial art disciplines, but one of the big factors that we face, one of the big challenges that we face is a lot of our, uh, a lot of our sports are, are illegal now, like Muay Thai and, and, and Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. And, you know, it's, 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 it's on our agenda to address some of those things. And if we're going to address those things, then we have to go to the government with a complete and safe protocol like the government has never seen before. And we got a lot of those things worked out. You know, we have uh, concussion toolboxes so that, that the athletes can recognize their concussion symptoms which is you know it's very important and even athletes who cut weight and, and 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 you know their coaches may not be fully aware of how difficult and tough that is on the body and neither you know neither will the athlete be so we you know we have a lot of information out there about things that people never think about along with uh you know some of our federations that we've been we've been uh, working working on you know in terms of competition we have c class which is zero to five fights then we have a b class which is five to ten fights sorry five uh, six to ten fights oh. Justin? Yep. Yeah, it's doing this again where it's like five. It's like, I know. I know. Let's right. do a third we, part. This is the first time, but hey, first time for everything, right? Okay, so no problem, man. I'm yeah. still here. I mean, Chris, you're yeah. good to go still? Yeah, I, uh, definitely. Uh, next, next, uh, in part two, um, or I can either do it right now. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on, uh, you know, why it's actually, as opposed to irresponsible, why it is actually very responsible to open up the gyms, you know, yeah. like we talked about the mental health, neuroplasticity, but, uh, you know, we've got uh, massive rise in suicide rates, massive rise. But in let's bring that in. Let's bring yeah. that in. So, I'm gonna, that yeah. so I'm going to like stop the recording here and then we're going to start the, the third part to the recording. If that's okay. I'm going to run, get a cookie and I'll meet you back. Take here. a break. Yeah. Take a break. All right, guys. All right. All right. All right. All right.
Okay, so this is the first time we do a part three. I think I'm going to have to buy Zoom Pro. So if there's anyone that wants to sponsor me and pay for that, please let me know. I'm actually, can't believe I'm doing this, but help in a sense. But don't worry. It's okay. I'm just kidding. I'll just use Skype. <laughs> Fuck you, Zoom. Uh, yeah, so but we were taking it back to where you guys said, like, it's not only about opening the gyms, but bringing everything like the aamq is going to be big like when i mean it's not going to be big like and i'm quoting <sighs> the controversial former president donald trump it's going to be big really yeah. big we we want to have a big impact whether we grow into a big organization or not it's not really something i think about probably chris either uh what we want is is, is to have a big impact and, and turn our industry outside of our little office walls into a big thing and that includes bringing every single unrepresented, uh, unrepresented uh, discipline up to the highest standards we can get them. And some of the things we've looked at in the future is uh, we've already started planning is to help gym owners run their businesses uh, for those who need the help. Not everybody needs our help, but, they, but they're, 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 there's quite a few that do uh, or that would accept our help. And uh, so better business practice, uh, better safety and security in your gyms. This also goes for events and things like that. Uh, we want to introduce a, a sort of a universal kickboxing protocol and ultimately expand that to maybe all the disciplines that, that don't have it or gyms that don't have access to that type of stuff. Uh, you know, it's really big brother taking care of everybody and, and we want to see everybody grow and flourish and be the best possible versions of what they are within the next, you know, three to five years and hopefully keep that going for a long time as well as, you know, getting these gyms open and keeping them open. So yeah, we have, we have a lot of goals, you know, it's not, it's not just one, one thing. It's, it's, it's many short-term goals, uh, many immediate goals, many, many long-term goals. And it's all about the betterment of our community and uh, keep in mind, none of us get paid to do this. So this is all pro bono volunteer work and we're all really people with big hearts and that have visions of what our province could be, you know, my, myself personally, I think Quebec could be equal to Bangkok or, uh, you know, big fight capitals like Bangkok or even what Dubai is becoming, uh, Los Angeles, sorry, Las Vegas and, and places like this, you know, like Quebec could ha has the potential to be that big in, in, in the combat sports world and in martial arts world. And uh, I think we're going to be, uh, we're going to be getting it there. There's a good foundation to build that upon that's already in Quebec. I mean, you've got legends in, in multiple sports, you know. Um, speaking of PKA, you know, uh, growing up, uh, you know, one of my, my, not one of my, my absolute favorite kickboxer of all time uh, growing up was Jean-Yves Terrio. The Iceman. Yeah, Original huh? Iceman, not the, Chuck Liddell. Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman. Uh, his, uh, his, his lead team one, two follow-up had so many knockouts. I mean, it's just, it was insane. Um, he's just, you know, and he fought all the way up, you know, held his championship and only had a couple of losses and he fought, uh, Rick the Jet Rufus at 41, 42 years old. Rick was 24 or 25 at the time. He fought him twice, eh? Didn't he fight him uh, twice, or is that just my, I don't know. I think he just fought him the one time. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause you know, 90% of, uh, of Dyson's fights were, you know, before Rick was even uh, pro, you know. <laughs> so you've got John Aistero, you've got Arturo Gotti, and then of course, you know, the name that everyone knows, which is, you know, Georges St. Pierre. These are all, these are all, you know, people, Quebecers. So we've got this huge foundation, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, there's a, there's the, the, the boxing, um, there's the, the boxing um, um, articles that are put on by the Fight City, you know, 
you know, and and I, I used to I was telling people when I was going to move here from California, like, really, why, why, why Montreal? I said, it's a fight town, you know. I mean, Quebec is a fight province, you know. I mean, look at it. We, we the, the 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 population of Quebec compared to California, but yeah. we've got thousands of martial arts schools here. You know, this is a place where people like to train. So, like Justin was saying, I think really, you know, we could we could with Ever, all of us, all the disciplines holding hands and the egos put aside, we can make this. We can make this a real martial arts mecca, and it would be uh, it would be beautiful for the sport. And one of the things that those that uh, that are already in you know, certain federations or are, as you said, you know, uh, Drew, you know, uh, the black belts behind certain disciplines you know, or martial arts uh, gym owners, we don't want to be pushing or shoving anyone any direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to the AMQ, you know, uh, our hands are to to hold people up, help people up, or to give people what they need. That's what that's what the hands of the AMQ are for. You know, we we absolutely want to be partners in this. Yeah. We don't want to we don't want to run this show. No. We don't want that. We don't want the work. And we don't want the responsibility. No. <laughs> we really don't. We got no, the we, already, and as Justin said, we're volunteers. Uh, what we do want is we just want to be available to. Uh, to help any, any martial arts academy that needs it, any federation that needs it, any run represented, um, and uh, disciplines that want to form federations. We've, we've gone, we have gone, and are still going through these different processes, and are willing to share all the information and, and everything that we that we're learning along the way to help everyone get better. Absolutely, very, it's very cool what you guys are doing. Like honestly, like it's. Like I really think, like regardless of language or creed or orientation, like martial arts is the only thing that bridges people together. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely, agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, we don't want to interfere or change anything that other federations are doing. In fact, we actually reached out to all the major federations, extended our hands for a handshake, and said, "Listen, we're we're here to work with you guys. We're not competing with anybody." We have a bunch of disciplines that we need to uh, take care of and they need our help. And uh, we're here to work with you guys. Call us anytime you want. We're here, we're here to be a part of what you're doing uh, if you need us. And uh, we're not going anywhere. We plan to be around for a very long time to make the changes that we're setting out to change. We will, uh, we're all tough, resilient people that have been through a lot in life. And uh, we're not easily... Um, scared away from challenges or, or anything like that. So we're here to stay. We're here to work with everybody, federations included, and we're here to make positive changes. And that's what we are about. That's awesome. I'm really happy to see, uh, as mentioned, you know, as, even though I said, I said, look, I said, I was like, I was giving, like, I was kind of like, uh, like, you know, calling out the Kyokushin community for like with their association. I'm not doing it because say you guys are going to boss them around. I want to make this clear. They're just going to have a voice, someone they can come to, like, you know, an agreement because they're sharing. We all share that common interest. We just want to reopen. Well, we, we can train. help them. We can help them get their own voice. You know, yeah. we, we don't want to. We have to be a voice for somebody. We definitely can be. But ultimately, we want to organize and situate everybody so that they can stand and be united on their own within, you know, our community and stuff. And, you know, whether it's Kyokushin or you know, uh, any other discipline, whether it's Capoeira, Krav Maga, Sistema, uh, Aikido, all these, all these other things that uh, may or may not be organized, um, we're there to help them do that. We're there to help yeah, them you, do that. Ex- precisely. I mean, you look at a wheel, right? Say a bicycle wheel. There's a hub, which everything is centered around. But the hub isn't what supports that wheel. It's all the spokes. 
Okay. And so we're not trying to we're not trying to be the solid hub that's running the show. You know, we're, all we're there is is to is to be a place where all the different spokes, all the different disciplines can be mounted to run so that the whole wheel can roll. You know, that's Absolutely. essentially what what's, uh, what we're looking to be at. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, Drew. You know, like uh, our presence has uh, raised some questions about amongst uh, some, some things around the province. You know, some people are like, who, who the hell are these guys and what are they trying to do? These guys look like mixed martial artists. They're out of nowhere. Are, <laughs> oh, these guys are hoodlums. They have tattoos and all this and that. And you know what? Uh, we've never given them a reason to think that. Uh, you know, but you're going to get that type of feedback from anything that you do in any sort of industry and anything like that. And, you know, that's just a small percentage of people. And we took the time to say, hey, man, we're, we're martial artists just like you. We have people that come from Kyokushin, people that come from Taekwondo, people that come from whatever, Jiu-Jitsu, all these very traditional style things. And, uh, you know, we're just out there trying to help our people the way you've helped your people. And we're not trying to take any bread off your table. You're welcome to come to our table and, and, and chat and, and, and be happy. And we're all, we're all one here and uh, we can only be stronger. You know, if one gym or one dojo or one club or one coach gets stronger, well, the whole community just got stronger. Sometimes it's hard for the human eye to see that, but you know, anytime one thing gets stronger, the whole community gets stronger. And we're, you know, we, we've got some work to do inside of our disciplines and stuff. And that's truly what we're about. And uh, we're not here to compete with other federations. We do eventually want to put ourselves in the same table as those guys and, and get the same recognition because we deserve that. You know, we're no dis different than any other other disciplines uh but that will take time and our ultimate goal is to say hey we're cool we want to be cool with you and we want to help our people and we're here to offer any kind of help we could we were also we're big brother to our people but we're also good neighbor to our federations you know yeah exactly like i mean even when i do this show i mean it's not about as mentioned like like, like I'm having a big guest on tomorrow. I mean, I've announced it, but I mean, uh, the focus is you guys. And they, when they told me, they said, well, it just takes that first step, but everybody wants the success right away. You can't look yes. at it like that. You really can't expect, you know what? Like whether you're doing a podcast, you're starting a podcast, you're starting yeah. the AAMQ, you're going to get a lot of no's. Like, I'm going to tell you, when I had my first show, Beyond the Fight, do you know how many people laughed at me? They go, ha ha, who are you? Okay, it's a no for me. Like I, I think, you know that yeah. famous meme where Randy uh, Jackson from American Idol is like, yeah, it's a no for me, dog. Like I get one that I used to get people that say, yeah, I'm coming on. Then it's that meme comes up. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. I just yeah. don't know who you are. I don't know. But yeah, like, the, yeah. They'll be the first ones to say that they know you when you make it. Yeah, oh, man, I, know, I know Andrew. I knew him since he started. Meanwhile, yeah, I, forget, forget about those guys. Interesting uh, fact, a uh, little fun fact. You know, it's uh, that first step is is – tough results are slow in coming but we're we're only a few months old i mean officially as far as getting our uh uh npo license and getting all that stuff and be, being legitimized in that way we're, we're that was in the that was near the end of december and uh you know in that that time and then yeah i, I think we had our first meeting late november mid-november something like the, that chris yeah when the board got together for the first time so we're yep. just talking a matter of months less than 90 days and um you know, we not only submitted the proposal and gotten the videos up, and but uh, it's been read. It's uh, you'll also notice if you uh, pay attention to the media, whether it's online or on television or on radio, that there's a lot of now. There's a lot of talk about reopening gyms. There's a lot of lot of action. <laughs> you know, so um, 
whether it's direct or indirect, uh, in a very short period of time, we've, we've made some waves and we've raised some discussions. And, um, you know, we, we've lit so a fire. We, we, we we really, it's, it's, yeah. So it's quite incredible, you know. So it's not like, okay, we're an organization, we're do, we want to do these things and nothing's happened. Um, and in just under 90 days, a tremendous amount of work has been done and a tremendous amount of effect has already been happening. So it's, it's um, you know, I, uh, I won't uh, mention anything specific, but just today, if I recall, um, you know, a large Quebec organization was saying exactly what our proposal says, you know, you know, and they have a seat already at the table uh, with the government and are influential. And um, they didn't say this last week. They didn't say this before January 18th when we submitted our proposal to the government. They didn't say this last year when uh, in the first shutdown. They said this now after we had sent our proposal in, and they 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 went they went after they, their points on their on their topic were exactly from our which 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 we don't have a which we don't yeah I agree with you Chris which we don't have a problem with because no we, not at we, all we, we have the same goal we 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 yeah, now absolutely. lit we now lit a fire that woke up a lot of people and got a lot of attention nobody was talking about dojos nobody was talking about martial arts clubs schools nobody it did not exist amq comes up boom puts on fire lights the whole town now, yeah. up and and, yeah. and 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 you know in relation to that it woke up a lot of people in our industry and yeah. what we're seeing now is our formula that was very original to amq being um being used for the same goal, which is awesome. This is what we want. Yeah, so the precisely. More people, the more firefighters you have, you know, spraying, spraying water on that fire, the better, you know, the more chances you have of, uh, of putting that thing out. And, and this is fantastic. This is fantastic. I mean, we're yeah, thrilled, we're, thrilled by that. Thrilled by some that. Of the, some of the things that we heard, you know, to the effect of, you know, um, paraphrase, you know, well, who's going to listen to you? Nobody knows who you are. So case in point, you're absolutely right. But those that uh, currently have a seat at the table, they heard us and they passed our message along. <laughs> Which is, and we, yeah. we, 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 we thank <laughs> you for that. that. that that's yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. That accelerates what we want to do. So, so that, that's great, you know, and, and, and um, you know, we're looking forward to see what comes out of all this. You know, the AAMQ has a, a big agenda. It has a lot of goals and uh, we're, we're excited to move forward, you know, as tired as we are. Me, Chris, Sam, Dave, and, and Francis from uh, from Coach Barbu, we're exhausted. We've been working twenty four seven for so long on this. We worked straight through the holidays, straight through the weekends, and there's there's never an off switch. Our off switch was disconnected, torn off, ripped away, thrown over the side of Highway Forty, and never we never looked back at it. You know, we have an on switch, and 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 our dial is on eleven all the time, and we're we're, we're exhausted. But we're very optimistic. We're still very focused. We're still very productive. And every day, uh, things are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, when we started this thing, we couldn't put a group of people together to take this project on. Like, nobody wanted nothing to do with it because you were taking on the weight of the world. Let's try to fix Quebec's martial arts scene. My God, it's easier to resurrect the Titanic off the bottom of the ocean and, and put that thing together and help get that thing floating, right? I mean, so so we we, we, we took on something huge and we can, you know, we, we had a tough time getting you know five serious members which we did and and as we started to 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 move along and, and and the snowball effect began and everything started really moving 
what we noticed was uh, these sort of measuring tools for success that were sort of popping up randomly and people were coming to us and offering their services and some high profile names and, and just volunteers to the point where, you know, I've had, uh, I, I'm not going to mention any names or anything because it's very early, but uh, I've had the biggest international known federations uh, for different disciplines approach me and, and, and we're on fire. Okay. There's some things you just can't talk about, but we're on fire. And this is a long cry from where we started 90 days ago, where we couldn't get a volunteer to come in and help get this thing started. So, uh, you know, I, 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 it's not bragging. It's just stating the facts and how it all actually turned out and how what it is. It, people want it. Well, that's, I was just about to say yeah. that it just, it just sort of reinforces how badly needed it was. It was so badly needed. And, uh, and not only for our people and our students and our martial artists and our gym owners and our dojo owners, but on a much bigger level that I think you're probably I'm going to be able to talk about maybe, maybe another time when I come back on your show, you know, but it's a little bit early right now, but there's, there's, there's truly like, sometimes I sit here, I'm like, Holy fuck, what's going on here? This is, this is out of control, but in a very positive way. And, and it's just taken on such a life that it's, it's, I don't know, it's mind boggling, but yeah. you know what? It's, it's beautiful. And, and I, I, I don't know how this is going to end up, but it's going to be very positive and it's going to be something to be very proud of. And uh, that that's regardless, you know, it's going to be, it's going to impact everybody. And uh, it's interesting. Like I said, I don't know how far it's going to go, but it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see everything turn out. Yeah, for me, like, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, it's not to the success of you guys. Like, when I restarted this podcast, I had to, I, I was, my old one, there's a lot of things that went wrong with it that had to improve. So I went to the drawing board and I realized I don't need to have like a $3,000 laptop. I don't need to have like the best video opener. I just need to do it. I just need to do it and then it's going to come. Like, so to kick off 2021, um, my first guest was you was M was a uh, six ranked middleweight in the world. Jack Hermanson. It's on YouTube. I, I interviewed uh, Jack Hermanson, the Joker Hermanson. And then after that, uh, yeah, that was like my big break. And then, you know, now to, like, and then I recently had uh Jean Yves brother on my show Vic. too, which was like, yeah, Vic. Yeah. It was He's like, I didn't guy. expect that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I did not expect that. And you know, and then tomorrow I have uh, like, an were, were, were you able to talk with Vic? Did you, did, did, did you, did you able to, were you able to get a word in? Yeah, I was. Yeah, he's a good guy. He likes to talk. I love yeah. talking to Vic. Yeah. Yeah, I love I just what I love about Quebec martial arts and you know, like everyone's together and uh but as I said, I don't want to say I don't want to like put my accolades on your guys' success cuz this shows about you, but I can relate to it cuz when I got her Manson on, a guy like her um Vic and then and then tomorrow you know what? Fuck it. I'll just say it. I have Gegard Mousasi and Alexander Gustafson's manager coming on tomorrow, so that's like a really good like deal, man. And no one expected that. Like, and it's like, I don't, 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 don't care about what people expect yeah. of you. You, you, you expect you, whatever you want to expect of yourself and you make that happen. Yeah. And when you guys approach me too, I just want to say like, Justin, when you approach me, Hey, I saw you have a podcast. you like, I never, as I said, I had zero expectation. You know, I used to kind of be like, well, one day I'm going to, but you know what I do? <laughs> I just, you know, Vincent and my coach Mo, shout out to my coach, Mohammed Chick. Uh, they said it best put the blinders on, do the work, and then people will start paying attention. And then the ones that want to like help you grow and succeed, pay attention to those ones. And 
couldn't have said it right. And I, I'm super happy I got to meet you guys tonight and, you know, get to know you. And I really feel just from this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just honored that I could give the platform. Um, I can, if I can do anything, please let me know. I mean, yeah. I like AMQ. I will support it all the way. Um, if you have anyone else on the board that wants to, to come on, that's like a, that's like, like a, whether they're like a big, like a, like a high consultant or another like chairman, like with you guys, please, you know, I want to give them that voice. Like, I really want to show why Quebec is the fight capital of North America, yeah. other than California and uh, Vegas. But uh, Well, we could, we, we could equal them, and we could actually surpass them if we do it right, you know. So we have far more, uh, we have a far deeper col- col- combat culture here than, than some of these places, and, uh, and the population of amateur and pro fighters are pretty big too, and, mm-hmm. and the history and everything's there. So it's, it wouldn't be surprising to be as big or maybe even bigger one day down the road, but uh, potential's there, and we hope to bring that out. Okay, awesome. Well, so where can we guys, so where can people connect with you if, um, if uh, they want to, uh, like, you know, get a part, become part of this, donate, support any way possible, because there's some, the momentum's coming, man. It's like wildfire, like there's a wildfire yeah. coming. Well, you know, I, 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 I hope so. And I feel that too. Um, so you can go to our website, which is www.artsmarshallqc.ca. And you can also find that uh, we also have the English domain of uh, quebecmartialarts.ca. Uh, uh, you can go there, our website, Francis did the website, beautiful job on the website, and you can find, you can read our, our 60 page uh, proposal in English and French, everything on that site is in English and French, all the media that we've done, uh, you can sign up as a individual and uh, martial artist, and you can also sign up as a dojo and a club. And you can also make donations, you know, anybody who wants to make donations, please go ahead. You know, we have lawyers to pay, uh, PR agencies to pay, uh, all these things, these services that we use uh, regularly, uh, you know, we, we paid out of our pocket pretty much for, for many things. Uh, and, and, you know, anytime you want to make a small contribution, that's always very well received. Uh, so, yeah, check out the website. We're also on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Uh, so yeah, so, so check us out there. Uh, it's, it's AAMQ on Instagram, everywhere else. It's, uh, it's, it's the, uh, Association of, of, of uh, Martial Arts Quebec. Uh, and that's, that's where you're going to find us. Another thing too, regarding the, the donation, we're a completely transparent association. Yeah. So you can actually go on our website and see who's donated, you know, um, whether they're anonymous or they give their name and also you see where all the money's going. Yeah. So we're completely transparent with uh, our financials because we just yeah. we want people to, yeah. to understand that that every penny is for them, uh, for from them is for them, and for what we're doing. And uh, as Justin said, you know, and a, and a good portion of that um, is also out of our own pockets as well. Yeah, we, we spend a lot. It's of unfortunately money. not a free process. You know what we're doing. Awesome. Yeah. So. So find us on our website, guys. So Andrew, I know you do a lot of talking and, 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 and you ask a lot of questions, but uh, I want to ask you a question. I want to, I want to, I want to turn the mic back on you. Who's your favorite fighter? Who's your favorite fighter? And you can name a few favorite fighters from different disciplines. And let, let me know if you have ever met one of your dream fighters. One of okay. your. Okay. Um, favorite fighter in boxing. I would have to say Marvin Hagler. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, he's in Italy now. Eh? He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a commentator all in time, Italy. Yeah. My all time favorite fighter right there. Mar- Mar- Marvelous and, Marvin. And yeah. Okay. Keep going. Let me hear the rest. 
K1, I would say Andy Hug, but um, I'm going to have to honestly say, you know, he passed away before I got into it. So I'd have to say uh, Sam Slam and Sam Greco because Australia is kind of like Canada's Commonwealth cousin that drinks. They're like that uncle that drinks beer. So <laughs> yeah. I'm and Sam. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, wrestling. I don't follow pro wrestling, so no comment. Uh, glory kickboxing. I would have to say... Bader Hari, I like the anti-hero. I like mm-hmm. a bad. I don't like. I don't like I, the good I trained guys. in. Uh, I trained in, uh, in 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 Holland with uh, Bader Hari's coach. Yeah, God. at Mike's Mike Passanier. Yeah, <laughs> phenomenal, Mike. phenomenal coach. Big Mike. You and... know, just, just not not to steal your your moment away, but uh, one of the first things I noticed at Mike's gym, the ring was here. Next to the ring was a little fountain, so you can get out of the ring and grab a quick drink of water. Right next to the the fountain was a small sink. So you were either getting out of the ring to wash the blood off your face or to get a drink of water. And those two, those two things were next to each other, right next to the ring. Iconic. Um, glory. Yeah. So that's glory and MMA. I have a few, but if I really had to, to pick one, Who, who's your modern, is- who's your modern day hero MMA? Who's your vintage hero MMA? Modern day John Jones. Now I understand it's a controversial choice, but I mm. battled, I battled my demons too. I and like John I opened like up. Uh, I like John Jones. I just think watching him is like watching LeBron James and uh, like you like MMA needs its Kobe Bryant, you know, MJ. That's John Jones the way he thinks. Um, the, the best fight IQ in the game, yeah. John Jones, if you yeah. ask me, you know, if, if he hadn't uh, got into some of the trouble and did some of the things he did, he might've been the greatest of all time. Now GSP has to be the greatest of all time. If you look at everybody he's fought, he's never been in a scandal. He's never got caught doping, never. blah, 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 blah. And the amount of people he fought the 22 or something fights he had with top contenders. We've never seen anybody go through a list like that. So GSP has to be number one. That, that to me, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not for John Jones and some of the things he's gotten into, he might have even had passed. He might have had the opportunity to to to, to pass GSP there. That's yeah. just my opinion. But okay, okay, go ahead. Who's your Who's your vintage? You know what? It's it's tough because I I would like to say uh, sometimes I say Ken Shamrock for what he's accomplished as the world's toughest man and what he does for in, like at risk youth. But I'd have to go with Chuck Liddell because when Zufa was struggling and not many people know this, like the UFC almost didn't exist because of and until UFC 40 came, it wasn't tough season one. UFC 40. Uh, Ortiz versus Shamrock won. That was the the most important. And then Chuck Liddell basically propelled the sport when he became a coach and won the belt. So yeah, vintage. Good answers, man. Yeah. So I take it you probably don't get asked a lot of these questions sometimes, right? So I thought it'd be no. fun to turn it around on you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But honestly, guys, it was such a pleasure to to host you guys. Um, okay, let's man. do this again without having to do three parts separately because fucking technology. But uh, <laughs> I hope you guys had a blast. Uh, the show will it be on you. The It will be on YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes. I sound like a radio disc jockey. And all other audio platforms. So that's the Drew Experience. 80% combat sports, 20% everything else. Good stuff, man. man. Thanks for having that. us, son. Thank you. Thank you.